welcome to a uh, podcast, uh, who cares? This is one of the final McCovey Croncasts you're ever going to hear. Uh, it's Brian Murphy and joining me, it's like a, it's like a mini uh, all-star Croncast. We've got back on the, po- on the podcast, Sammy Higgins. Sammy, hello. 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 Doug Brizzoni, remember him? Oh, oh hi. <laughs> and, and from a long time ago, according to Skype, it's been over a year since we've chatted. It's Ruben Poli. Ruben. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's been so long that now, instead of bourbon, I am drinking a cup of tea. <laughs> I've aged like 30 years since the last time I was on this podcast. Yeah, sounds about right. In the pre-show setup, I could hear you knitting, I believe. <laughs> there, there was maybe crocheting. There, those are different. Yeah, things. yeah. Anyway, we're really angry because we're... If you didn't see the news, you saw the news. That's why you're listening to this. You want to know what we think about getting totally, totally fired by SB Nation. Um, Ruben's not one of those who got fired, but he's here because he's an agitator. And I like the cut of his gym. But <laughs> but I want to get, get right into it. Yeah, if you didn't hear the news, SB Nation is pivoting uh, away from independent contractors to comply with the California legislature's AB5 law, which is meant to crack down on companies using independent contractors instead of employees. And so SB Nation is changing their model, how they handle the California team sites. Sammy, where were you when you heard the news and how did you feel? Uh, I was at my day job and, uh, you know, I, I can't say I was surprised because you've kind of been the warning me for a while now that this was likely to happen, but I foolishly had had some kind of optimism that they'd figure something out because, uh, you know, I haven't learned my lesson about corporations yet. So, hey. <laughs> D- Doug, which toilet were you on? At home or at work? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I was uh, I was on break at work. It was, it was noon and I looked at my phone. I, I checked my email and I saw the, we got two emails, or at least I did. We had the original email, which was the same thing that SB Nation posted on their site. And then I got a follow-up email, like, if you have any questions, let me know. And that was the first one I saw, and I was like, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> um, and then I, like, read down. I was like, oh, okay, we're all fired. Great. <laughs> I have I have eight more minutes on my break. I'm going to eat some more beef jerky now. <laughs> hey, that sounds a, a delicious break. If I it mean. was. Uh, it's, pe- it's peppered beef jerky. It's good stuff. Ruben, did this even move the needle on your anger uh, meter at all? Where were you? I mean, I've got a lot of depth in that thing. So, um, <laughs> no, I think I was probably just doing my, you know, software day job and happened to look at Twitter as I do 300 times a day and parsed it pretty quickly. Um, you know, before I get into anything else, uh, I'm really sorry, guys. This sucks ass. Um, it's just, I mean, fundamentally, even before you get into the logistics of the actual firing of like what like 200 people or something like that the the layoffs and why they made that decision and the alternatives um the fact that you all found out by looking at twitter is just like absolutely bonkers and i think that's what moved the needle you know not wanting to lose sight of like kind of the that's not something that had to happen that way in no way shape or form was that like an unavoidable reality of the gig economy or whatever (laughs) Yeah, to be fair, I found out because Brian messaged us all, but I think the email had gone out at the exact same time that the article was posted at the exact same time that everything went out on social media. 
and they've just been like kind of bickering back and forth with people all day saying no we told you guys first by like seconds yeah yeah, um, Lucas Hahn, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name right, but he was a, a Los Angeles Clippers blogger, um, posted uh, an email where he pointed out the the time discrepancy. So if folks listening want to want to get some gory details, uh, at Lucas J. Hahn, H-A-N-N, uh, has some good shit about when the email went out versus when the public announcement went out. So does a uh, golden state of mind who uh, just 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 said screw it and uh, posted a whole article about it that I think was hilarious and uh, pro- probably uh, maybe ill conceived but I don't care and I don't think anybody else cares either. <laughs> That's my pro- my problem with uh, being a, a good blogger is that my reaction to things that would compel me to write a post like that. Like I've been expecting this for at least two months. Uh, really, as soon as the law passed, I'm like, uh, hmm, what's the bend of this light? How, which direction? <laughs> it <laughs> no, seems like see, it's <laughs> gonna go in one direction. <laughs> that's what's maddening about it though. Is it's like, obviously, you know, the, the writing was on the wall because that's just how corporations act. And rather than actually follow the spirit of the law, which is supposed to turn your independent contractors into employees if they, you know, write a certain number of posts, they've just decided to just fuck it, fire everybody. And well, like, hire, what... like a fraction of that workforce to do all of the same amount of work. Yes. Or ho- hopefully a slightly toned down amount just based on the, but who knows, probably not. Uh, but I mean, this, this is the same, I don't want to make this too much of a giant's chat, but it's a lot <laughs> like the, it's a lot like the Giants in that way. At this point, it's sort of like, okay, we know what they're going to do. We know what the, the spirit of being a baseball general manager ought to be, but we know what the reality of, we know what the reality of it is. It's, uh, it's about rent control and, um, and maximizing dollar value. So uh, it's discouraging, uh, but at the same time, man, my cynicism is well-founded. It's just, well, <laughs> the thing I kept getting was like, because I was dropping hints or asking around, and it's sort of like, well, surely they'll hire you. And I and I know I harmed some friendships by the the full body laugh I would give in reaction <laughs> to that. Uh, but I couldn't help it. It'd be like, well, they could they'll hire you. Even Grant did that. He did this months ago, and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, if they were real friendships, they were not surprised that was your reaction. <laughs> this is a fair point. <laughs> But I, I, my death reaction just immediately kicks in. I've been getting a lot of death response laughs in the last few months. I don't know what's going on in the world, but uh, <laughs> but all you can do is laugh. So yes, the Covey Chronicles is going to evolve, quote unquote, once again. I'm <laughs> not sure what it, what's really going to happen. We're recording this on Monday night. Uh, at some point today, unless they listen to this podcast, uh, today being Tuesday, I'm supposed to have a phone call with people at SB Nation and talk things over. I have no idea of what the agenda is, what the intentions are. I don't, in that email or the memo that went out, um, it was interesting that it was sort of like, we're gonna give you 30 days to decide what you wanna do. And it's like, but I can't, I I know what I wanna do and it's not an option. So right. <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna do. Uh, so it seems strange to kind of say like, you have a time to pick your very, very set in stone destiny. So, well, so, 
Oh, go ahead. I was going to give the date. That's all. March 31st is the date that we were given in terms of what we can work through. And I'm not sure exactly what that means. So anyway, go ahead, Sam. So I talked to, to our higher up at, um, at SB Nation today. And so it's, it's my understanding. Well, basically, we have two options. Or no, I'm sorry, three options. We can quit now we can quit in three months or you know be let go in three months or we can apply for one of the very few jobs that are going to exist but those jobs are going to be like a frat like i said a fraction of the workforce and they're covering every single sport in every single team in california i mean maybe they'll break it up among them but that's going to be the gist of it so what they're going to be doing is having people publish to the site so she told me that McCovey Chronicles will still exist. So for those in the community that want a place to talk about their lunch, I mean, it'll still be there, assuming the moderators let you. Um, it's just that none of us will, unless, you know, I don't, I can't speak for all the writers. I don't know if anybody's going to apply for one of the full-time positions and get it. That would be cool. Um, but as far as I know, none of us will still be writing there in three months. And if we choose to write into the new year, we cannot write more than 35 or we cannot have more than 35 submissions. So yeah, that that's that's where we're at. 35 is like what I do in 18 hours. So I was gonna I'll say, be done pretty quick. Yeah. Max that out in 5 weeks. Same good news. You you don't have to do BPs anymore. Oh no, those those end tomorrow. You guys if you're listening to this, you already know that. Yeah. Oh god, it's going to be anarchy. Yeah. <laughs> Not my problem. <laughs> Not my circus, not my monkeys. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I was put it, I prepared this 40 article docket of end of decade articles, and one of them is like best McCovey Chronicles posts of the decade. And I didn't, and I did plan it with the thought of like, well, you know, this could be like the last post of the site. <laughs> and that was the cynical brain working. And now it's like, well, now it is the last post of the site most likely um or it'll be interesting to see what it is but anyway i want to give i want to give the other people a chance to talk here ruben just just go just um, just ripping the the cap off here go <laughs> i mean yeah when you originally talked to me about coming on the podcast i think part of it was to discuss uh labor relations in baseball right the the yeah. topic that's been on everyone's mind um is just the you know the sheer fucking state of the thing. Uh, I'm sorry. Can I swear on this podcast? Didn't I get yes. it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I'll just put I, explicit in the. <laughs> okay. I definitely got our rating screwed up like two years ago. Um, but yeah, like this is, you know, an uncanny sort of parallel um, of just once again, a sports adjacent institution displays their commitment to. <sighs> okay. Bear with me on this tangent. Um, there's a very good book called Seeing Like a State by James Scott, um, political book that one of the fundamental um, things that it proposes is that any sufficiently bureaucratic institution over time evolves whatever its stated purpose, whether it's, you know, a, a sports blog or a sports team or a world government over time, that institution becomes dedicated to perpetuating itself. All of the the aspects, all of the things that it does just get streamlined to how can we do more of this? You know, it's just this Ouroboros of, of, well, what we do is generate posts. So how do we generate more posts in the most sustainable way? 
regardless of whether or not they actually have anything to do with like interesting sports writing or, you know, unique team coverage or I don't know, like a workplace that employs human beings like so to me, it just seems like another example of, you know, you, you could look at Major League Baseball doing the same thing that the bureaucracy of MLB as a, as a you know, organization 100 miles away from the field, the, the Rob Manfred level view is just keep the current state of affairs going in terms of money coming in and something that produces more money going out. Uh, people ask whether or not Rob Manfred actually likes baseball. Uh, I don't think he does, but it really doesn't matter, right? Like, that's right. his job isn't to baseball. His job is to run MLB, and what MLB is is a thing that just makes more MLB. Well, we tried to make more McCovey Chronicles, and I, I think we... <laughs> <laughs> we did our own version. <laughs> you know, talking about the um, the idea that they're going to have this broad California coverage, which, first of all, I know that's like, come on, people. Have you been to California? There's like six states in California, and they all hate <laughs> each other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no no offense, Brian, but we're going to have some SoCal blogger covering the Giants. <laughs> well... Brady yes, there's there's that. That's funny. But I also think uh, the fact that the Padres are finally going to get some coverage might actually be. <laughs> like, we'll see about um, that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I want to apply for one of those jobs and then just totally ruin the LA Kings blog because I don't know the first thing about hockey. Like, who's that? <laughs> who's Wayne Gretzky? Is he famous? <laughs> Why do they keep talking about him? Godspeed. <laughs> no, but like the, the idea that they're just going to have this sort of stable of Cali vaguely California, vaguely sports writers. Obviously, we don't know how it actually be divided up um, and, and what the workload is going to be like besides probably too much. Uh, but the whole purpose of or the, the whole thing that made SB Nation uh, and it continues to make it what it is, is like it's specifically a team voice, right? Like you'll get goofy posts, you'll get like very specific voices on some blogs and very varied ones on others. Um, you get the occasional, like, you know, Halo's Heaven thing where someone just goes <laughs> completely masked off at one in the morning and the <laughs> lawyers have to show up. Uh, but the big appeal, um, you know, why I started reading McCovey Chronicles mumble mumble years ago was like, this is about the team I care about by people who care about that team, who have that investment. Um, and, that was obviously a profitable endeavor uh, and far more profitable when they realized they could populate it with the work of people who weren't getting compensated fairly, uh, which probably happened, was realized pretty early on because that's the first thing you do when you're, you're making money off of something, right? Like, how can I make more money and pay less? Uh, but the fact that they're, you know, very clearly going away from that um, just kind of indicates that there's, there's no investment in like what this thing actually does. It's just that it exists and we need it to continue existing in some form. I think. Well, it's, it, oh, go ahead. Sammy. Well, it, it just, you know, just goes, it's it said a lot in our community, but just goes to show how little they, they actually care about, you know, the community because they seem to think that the, the writers are just interchangeable and that won't affect their community or the audience base. And it's just, uh, sorry, uh, it's just, it's sad. It's just really sad because it's... 
communities, you know, it's a really awesome community. And, you know, I really, I'm sorry, guys. I just, I really wanted to write for this site and I didn't, I didn't want to become a full-time sports writer, although maybe, you know, two years ago, I would have had a different answer to that, but I wanted to write for the site because I like the Giants and I like the site. I like the community and it meant a lot to me and to just be treated like we're just like garbage that they can just throw out and interchange with somebody else. It's just bullshit. That's yeah. It's, just it's okay. We we're putting the explicit tag on. It's okay. <laughs> it is profound. Yeah, it, it is bullshit. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it is. It's fucking bullshit. It is fucking <laughs> Uh, they, I mean, one thing that we're not talking about, just to make it really terrible, is they're going to give six people this workload, and they're going to also hire more freelancers to go and do their up to 35 posts uh, a year. And that's, that's another way that they're just going to fill out the volume. So it's going to be this weird quasi-slap in the face. You have people like Sammy, who every day Sammy does something that I can't do, which is find something interesting to say about the Giants and and does a, a morning post for the community because she cares. She she likes to start a discussion and she likes to think about the Giants positively. And all I can think about is assholes in khakis, you know, grabbing their nips because of how smart they are now. Like I don't even care. And and you care. And I swear, I swear, God, Sammy, if it was not for you, I would have totally lost my mind in these last two years. And so I really appreciate everything that you've done for me personally, if I can be super selfish. But uh, <laughs> McCovey Chronicles is the beating heart uh, for it, that definitely lies with you. So I really appreciate it. Even if Vox does not, <laughs> I do. Uh, Doug, yeah, you're great. Doug, you're great. <laughs> Yeah, so. I mean, I, I just thought we were going to talk about Kevin Gaussman today. Um, <laughs> I guess not. We haven't even talked about Bumgarner. <laughs> well, God, <laughs> this whole thing—I mean, this is the part that I, the existential dread that I've been feeling is, you know, what's happening in our stupid hobby is—it's it, not a microcosm for the world. At the same time, what the overlap between the two, the feelings are very similar. And uh, Madison Bumgarner is a is a good baseball player. So the idea that not having like intentionally going away from a good baseball player because you need to be good in five years, it's just a it's a weird it's a weird thought process. It's kind of frustrating. <laughs> on the other yeah. hand, it's kind of nice that we don't have to watch a team without Madison Bumgarner on it. <laughs> yeah. you are being let off at the right point i guess yeah i mean yeah. You see, it's it's not a microcosm because it, it is not reflected it's part of the whole you know i mean something i am certainly not the only person who's been thinking this all day but like man it would be really nice if deadspin was around to cover this sb nation bullshit yeah, yeah. Uh, and the same forces and the same patterns that you know are destroying you know erasing your guys jobs are what destroyed deadspin are what led to the you know the giants becoming just another like chop shop for quants to you know run six years under the luxury tax on the hope of sneaking into the playoffs in the seventh um 
And if I sound like incredibly cynical and, you know, not willing to give the Giants any benefit of the doubt about how they're building the team, they uh, deserve it. you are you correct. Sit, that is how I sound. Right in. I, no, it was, it was a thought I had today that I was like, I wonder if they're going to do like what the Cubs are doing with Chris Bryant in like two years before Joey Bart's a free agent. He becomes a superstar and they're like, oh, we're going to trade him now. Just because, you know, we don't want to pay him. Yeah. What are we supposed to do? Pay him money? Come on. <laughs> well, the genius like, Astros. Like, yeah. Yeah, the, the Astros are like, we're going to make the worst thing that's ever existed in human history. Don't fact check that. Uh, <laughs> for, for three years. And we're going to be so smart that we're going to win a World Series like two years out of the gate. And then we're going to tell you that we just built a machine that can't lose and trade when it gets too expensive, one of our star players. So that that's it. That's the game. Also, it's a our game. secret weapon is a garbage can. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's a little on the nose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, well, it's impossible not to see the parallels going on um, in, in just the, the level to which uh, character, I guess. Character is such a loaded word, and I'm sure there's a better way to say it, but like, you look at, okay, something like Deadspin, that's been gone over a lot by much smarter people than me, but, like, you know, it's a it's a familiar sort of media scheme, right? You pump and dump something, you you try to artificially um, inflate its ad buys so you can pass it off to someone else, clear a buck, who cares that you're destroying the institution, because you're not there to actually, like, make it. Overseer. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're just, it's just a money-making thing. And I think that, like, I don't see that in, in what happen to you guys i mean i it it doesn't even feel rational in this i mean to, to the extent that what happened to Devin was at all rational which it doesn't feel like it was this doesn't even feel the same it's just like okay here is this new set of working conditions we have to contend with what is the most stupid and hostile and like uninteresting way we could do this because that's what we're gonna do because that's what we've always done and yet, if you're a 21st century baseball fan, you have to love this deal for SB Nation because <laughs> it provides financial flexibility and it provides a sustainable winner. It was Ooh, rational. Oh, God, yeah. Sammy, you're about to hit arbitration, right? <laughs> that's a lot of veteran dead weight. Yeah. <laughs> and, right and there. They need, they need to clear my salary, too. I mean, what are they supposed to do? Like, honestly, you can't expect them to keep paying forever. <laughs> That's right. I mean, you know, Kenny's easily a three-win blogger, but do you want do you want those age well, how old is he? 21? You don't want those age 23 and 24 seasons. So yeah. Is he really only 21? No, I'm just making okay. it up because I can't I I I usually am good at I feel good about guessing someone's age range, like within four years. I I've got no finger on that pulse there. Nothing. <laughs> I'm in the dark. Ruben seems perpetually 28. Thank you. Um, yeah. <laughs> Doug, Doug is in that range too. And and now that I've like actually sat in a car with Sammy, I'm like, if she's over 26, uh, I, that's not her vibe at all. So, so you're you're firmly locked in 26. You know enough, and you're young enough where like you're the world. You can bounce back from the bullshit of the world. So, um, anyway. Why am I talking about that? Oh, it's better about the shit than this. But let's talk about, I mean, like, labor and baseball. I mean, it's, it's sort of the, to what happened to SB Nation is, or with us is, is what's happening to baseball in this way. The, the way that they are actively working to take the fun out of it <laughs> is, is staggering, and it's intentional, and it's being told. 
we're being told that it's along the lines of being rational. Uh, Ruben, you said this is all like of a of a kind. I, I'm going to keep going back to this. I got to repeat this. It's I want people to think about it so that it slips out at a fan fest or something. Before baseball, Farhan Zaidi's life's work was committed to learning how to and teaching how to trick people out of their money. That was his life's work. So we live in the age of grifters and it doesn't like to me it feels of a kind that's also my conspiracy brain kicking in but it does feel like we're being told one thing and being we're being sold one thing and something else entirely is going on and we know what it is it's making money but now the ruthless devotion to the efficiency of the dollar is nuts and um i i think it's pretty clear what's going on mlb restructured what it wants the debt for each team to carry they want uh, the majority shareholders to be the control people now more than anything. And this is about making the cartel lean so that they can also bring the hedge fund money in because that's what they just paved the way for as well. So they made themselves lean and able to be flushed with free money that they now have to give you know, 40% uh, returns on investment or whatever it fluctuates to, and they're preparing for that eventuality. That's what's going on. It's baseball making more money outside of baseball, and the players getting none of that. Did I just talk everyone off the chat? No, no. Wow. I was just kind of in awe of, of how. Yeah. I mean, I think you're you're completely correct in that they're just becoming like a place for people to put their money where it can perpetuate. You know, again, the thing that an institution actually does becomes secondary to the idea of perpetuating itself. And how do financial institutions perpetuate themselves? They do, they make more money. They turn money into more money. Um, and, you know, I, I certainly believe that there is a an extent to which people like Farhan Zaidi are just like interested by the idea of applying their same sort of analytical and and you know risk management skills from you know taking them away from one problem and applying them to another which is you know how to win baseball games but it's how to win baseball games on a certain set of terms and those terms are increasingly dictated by as you said pleasing investors you know teams are are becoming uh you know holds for capital they're becoming uh real estate companies they're they're brands they, they are very explicitly brands. And the thing about a brand is that, um, well, it's funny. Like the thing about a brand is that it's bigger than anything in it. But it's also in theory distinct, right? You think about like, say what you will about the, the giants of the last 20, 30 years. Um, but for good and ill, they had a brand. They were the the team that kept bringing back their guys. They were the the team that was like a little, you know, Bochi, I think, really summarized. It's easy to say that now that he's gone. But like Bochi really kind of summarized that, you know, and being like a little grumbly, a little slow and stayed and, you know, didn't take Jake Peavy out of the game when he should have. Uh, <laughs> but smarter than you thought and he had there's something specific going on there there was a vision and an idea and you could see that play out beginning to end and i think the giants were for better and worse one of the last teams to really kind of embody that because that's ultimately what's you know from a purely fan perspective you know putting aside my my ushanka and my hammer and my sickle for a second here um the the increasing quantification of of baseball front offices 
it's not just that it's you know has all these deleterious side effects in the real world it's that it's fucking boring if 30 teams are run the same way it's just like who can afford the better hedge fund guys and who get the washouts and are just they're just like you know you don't need to to collude people talk about collusion i think mark normandin um who former former sb nationer as you all know um and if you are listening to this podcast subscribe to his patreon it's five dollars and it gives you everything you need about labor and baseball uh, but Mark has pointed out that like collusion is what you do when you want to achieve the same thing, but you're not thinking the same way. If 30 teams are thinking the same way, they don't need to collude. They just do their jobs and it works out that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, every team is using the same way of evaluating players. It's like the same computer. They all bought evaluation.exe and they just run it. And so they all just do the same thing. That's why everyone. That's why everyone but the Diamondbacks offered Bumgarner the same contract, right? He had multiple offers, just like the Giants' offer, and the Diamondbacks were like, "Well, I guess if we want to actually win this thing, and then that's it." Like everyone's just doing the same thing because they know the thing to do, and it it is boring and it is very anti-labor and it just kind of sucks as a baseball fan. I guess for the skeptics out there, why something is both boring and anti-labor, we're not saying uh, that anti-labor or that labor has to be exciting. It's just simply a matter of you're, part of it is depressing the market to make it happen. You know, you're basically telling, you're changing the market in a way that is uh, sinister in a way. You're discounting a, a part of someone's ability because you're saying internally we can produ- reproduce that cheaply while we've also suppressed the part of their career that gives us, you know, when they're younger, gives us that cheap part. So again, the idea that you can get a 25 year old who's about worth a win and he he's pre-arbitration, that's basically free in baseball terms. So you don't, now when you look on the free market, anyone who's a, worth a win is worth nothing because you can get that for free in house. So now it's like, so that's interesting because Baumgartner's deal was what, $17 million? So that does mean that they project him to be about a three-win player um, uh, for, for the course of the contract. And so, I don't know, that's, that is boring. It's just, it's dumb. It's like every number is the same, which implies that every circumstance is the same, which means that you think you've predicted baseball. And I feel like if there's one thing we've learned... <laughs> And our history of watching baseball is that it can't be predicted. So the smugness with which they operate of we're predicting baseball is is a it, you there's hubris built into it, and now it's naked. You know the Brian Sabian generation, those or the older school GMs. Obviously, when you're at the top of your industry, you have a certain certain braggadocio and confidence about you and your smug and and all that stuff. So that's there. But now it's just literally like, I've never played the game, but I know how to run, uh, you know, regression analysis. And so I am good at baseball. And that's very strange. I can't believe I'm on the other side of, of Moneyball right now. But my God, they've kind of forced our hand. <laughs> well, yeah, let's just say it. If everyone's doing Moneyball, that's an oversimplification, but it works as well as anything else. If everyone's doing Moneyball, then where's the inefficiency, right? What's What's the creative thing? You're just hoping that, like, your your set of gambles, you know, you you run the analysis on how much you can spend on, you know, X 
players who you value with why you know at at why wins and you just make this many bets hoping that the right amount of them work out uh and then you know as we talked about before it's all sort of in service to the profitability uh and that's increasingly as we see with the attempt to gut and destroy minor league baseball um you know to to absolutely rip the foundations out of the entire baseball pyramid um you know that that that's again a purely financial like well our we believe that our uh, ability to identify good players and turn them into productive major leaguers for the amount of money we're paying them uh we believe that has exceeded what the minor leagues do so there's no reason to have them um and besides the arrogance of that like you said Brian the smugness it's also the obvious discounting of what minor league teams and minor league players actually mean to the communities that they play in and you know the the experiences that players have as human beings um and and the fan connection that you get from like i mean like the the fucking you know mccovey chronicles adopt a rookie thing or adopt a, a minor leaguer you know that's that's always been something i mean i guess may, you know you we would we don't just adopt minor leaguers. It's if you're you post enough, you can get a major leaguer too. Um, yeah. But that's a good way to follow the game is to like, hey, I adopted this guy in the on the San Jose Giants. I'm gonna follow his career now, uh, and just sort of the the diversity, I guess, of of the different ways to experience baseball as a fan, as a player, as a front office type, as a scout, as anyone, you know, as a journalist, as someone covering the game. Um, that is just being increasingly eroded and sanded away because it di- diversity doesn't make money. Uh, Ruben, how anti-STEM of you? Because you can always adopt an algorithm, and I just think you're being very limited yeah, in your. Yeah, people, you know, <laughs> as long as I'm ranting, people always say, you know, the learn to code thing. That's bullshit. Anyone can code. <laughs> learn to design a UI. Learn to like understand what a, a someone trying to you know use Skype will actually be looking for when they're trying to find where the file is saved. Someone coded that, but they didn't design it very well. No, I can't. <laughs> that was a reference to before the podcast started. Yes. Everyone. I felt code. like I was seventy years old. Uh, Don't so learn you... code. Learn to write a user story. Doug, you have actually, out of all of us, written for the site the longest. Um, do you have feelings about this that are stronger than my jerky was amazing during this terrible time? Let <laughs> right, me just be clear. My, it was an really elegant. good jerky. I got it. As, <laughs> it was a deal. Uh, it was 10 ounces for $10 at Winco. I got three of them. Um, I just want to be really clear about that. We're we talking turkey. Going on. No, it's beef. It is beef jerky, peppered beef jerky. Was Old it? Trap. Was it Old Trapper? Oh my God! I gosh, I just got some of that tonight too. It is amazing. It is such good beef jerky. Welcome to beef jerky talk, by the way. Beef <laughs> <laughs> jerky chronicles. Yeah. Um, That'll be no, the name I mean, of our spinoff site. Yes, exactly. Um, I can't wait for us to be fired from that one too. Somehow. Um, no, I mean it's it's sad, and you know, I actually I actually lost two freelance sports writing jobs because I uh, uh, over the last month because the Examiner, which I I covered Giants games for, will not be covering sports anymore. Um, no. so, so I'm just kind of like, oh, maybe I'm just just done with that now. Um, 
which is something that I have to kind of think about. But it it is sad. It is kind of it's you know tough to say end of an era for McGovey Chronicles because the era had the the post Grant era hasn't been going that long. Um, but it feels like the end of something. It feels like the end of something that you could just show up and do. You you know you could just show up and do interesting stuff and be there because you had interesting things to say other than oh, this is my job. I have to, to cover 12 professional sports teams in California. So here's one. Uh, I'm going to adopt it, and then I'm going to go do the, the Clippers next, now that I've talked about the Giants. And then I'm going to do the Kings. Then I'm going to do the other Kings. And then I'm going to do the Padres, who apparently exist. Okay. <laughs> um, and it feels like the professionalism is going to make the site lose something. Because like it was never... That, that seems like it was never what it was going to be. Um, like it, I feel like I'm explaining this very badly because I am. Uh, but it's genuine. It is genuine. <laughs> you know, you you were able to kind of show up and bring personality to it, and not worry if something didn't work. So yeah, like wherever whoever's going to be writing for the site, it's going to have to be. You know, you're going to have news to cover, and then you move on. And it feels like there's not going to be that much room for personality. And there's not going to be that much room for what made the site what it was. Um, and that's just going to be gone. And well, I think that's it's, it's supposed to be a fan blog, like, written by fans of the team, which I know it's not currently that for all the sites. But you lose that, too. You lose that connection to the actual team, to the history, to the city, to the community. You, you, you lose that if you have somebody from, I don't want to say like from a different part of the state, but somebody that doesn't have those same connections to the Bay Area, that doesn't have the same history with the team, that knows all the jokes, and not just the team, but the community, you know? it's You just lose all of that when you consolidate it. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Sammy. I mean... You know, like we were saying earlier, uh, I think it is the end of an era because um, all of us, myself included, uh, you know, came to McCruffy Chronicles because of Grant's writing. And when Grant left, those of us writing for the site, um, or I think, I don't think I wrote anything more after Grant left, but like, you know, we, we all kind of, none of us tried to be Grant, but there was a way that his voice and his way of sports writing informed how we experienced and wrote about baseball, right? Like that everyone who came in was sort of working in that vein. Uh, and this feels much more like a cutoff. Like, you know, if you're going to have someone who's like just trying to get up, you know, their, their daily allotment of giants posts in between their daily allotment of sharks, Kings and poldres. Is that right? <laughs> it's real. The San Diego Padres are a real team in sports. <laughs> but yeah, yeah like which you absolutely lose. Real quick, which sport? I'm not, sure. I, I'm not sure. I just know it's sport. They're sports related. So. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll allow the, the hypothetical existence. Of yes. <laughs> at least one San Diego Padre. Um, but yeah, the, the whole um, quality that McCuffey Chronicles had was just an accretion of the different people who had written there and commented there and read there over the years. And that organic development is is gone like it's it's going to be you know there's still going to be i think people posting there um and you know uh, uh depending on who ends up working for sb nation and how familiar they are with the site 
you know, some of that through line may continue, but that's just not what the site is going to be for anymore. It's going to be for meeting. I mean, it will be very nakedly for meeting the quota that Vox has set for continuing their return on investment in terms of profitability. Uh, and, that's and, very generous of you to say that it was going to only happen after the change. Yeah. It hasn't happened at, at anything. Well, <laughs> and in and in terms of like being a writer, it's not the, the the kind of things that you could write at McCovey Chronicles is not necessarily something you can take with you. Like I can't make a Mission Impossible joke about Mark Melanson in another recap for another outlet because the the they just don't exist. You know, like that. You know, it's just all it's it's sorry, I'm a little flustered now. Uh, but, you know, you can't like have that same style of writing elsewhere. You can't you're not going to see like a loose recap like or one of Grant's like 10,000 word headlines or, you know, something like that. It's not something that you can take somewhere else. It's, there's not another outlet for it. And so that was one of the things that made writing for McCovey Chronicles so appealing. In that way, uh, it's sort of like the Deadspin thing. There is sort of this digital media feeling that I get is like, ugh, the strict parents have finally realized what the kids are doing and they're here to shut it down. But it's not that. that. Like, they're not even the strict parents who know better. All they know is all they know and they never have to know anything else. Um, I think that was probably a David Roth thing. Like, any any, smart thing about Deadspin or Donald Trump is a David Roth thing, probably. But but yeah, like... Oh, go ahead. The, you keep saying Deadspin. It's a sore subject for me. So that's fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like the the um, you know, the way that sites like this are just increasingly um, what's the word? They become monotonous. They're they're. It is not about the character of the site. It's not about the weird thing you can only do there. Um, or even like, you know, the the fairly normal thing of a San Francisco Giants blog by San Francisco Giants fans who aren't like, who don't have access, but what they do have is passion, you know, enough passion about the team to like <laughs> talk about the fucking Zach Cozart trade. Um, <laughs> Which we did write about on the site. My God, we wrote about it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just popped like the, up in like five different comment threads. I'm like, it's on the front page. You just have to scroll down. Sorry. The, the, Sorry, yeah, Ruben, not gonna miss that. Yes. Not gonna miss that at all. But Sorry, yeah, it is. I don't know. Nah, I I wasn't necessarily going anywhere else with that. Just that, like, it doesn't even don't even give these fuckers the benefit of assuming that like oh they know better you know time to put our toys away the strict no. oh. they're just oh. kind of blundering fools who only yeah. really know their one way of doing things i'm sorry when i think of a strict parents i don't think of parents who think they know better they just don't like something i'm sorry i should have just been very clear about that they they see something that's especially when mirth is involved anything with mirth have you noticed that people don't like mirth anyway <laughs> It's you know, true. We I do live in a very anti-Mirth environment. Immediately jumped to saying that they were. You actually meant cops. Like Ruben, you're getting a little <laughs> off in there. <laughs> Good point. Uh, this is a culmination of a very strange weekend. I'm about to fly to the country for three weeks, and um, Friday we decided to save a little bit more money before the trip by eating in, and neither of us can cook, and the oven caught on fire. And so 
I had to use the fire extinguisher to put out the fire in the kitchen. And I don't know if you realize this, but here's the thing they don't tell you about fire extinguishers. You can't get the dust out. It's just everywhere. It's in everything. And when you rub it with, get it with warm water and soap or rubbing alcohol or anything, it just comes back. It's a very strange thing. So we've been dealing with that. It's been kind of hard and irritating to breathe. This is a weird culmination of that weekend because it happened on Friday and we still are cleaning it up. And so this was the first thing Monday morning. This is my, that was my preamble to this. Folks, psychologically, uh, not only did I say like this just uh, secures my cynicism or reinforces it, which is not healthy, I admit. I just want to say this to this group and I want your feedback if this means anything or if it's just a weird damning coincidence. I started a long time ago, I worked on a TV show called Boston Legal. When I got the job, I worked on the last two seasons of the show, which nobody knew were going to be the last two seasons of the show. My most recent TV job was with the Mindy Project, which wound up being the final season of the Mindy Project. And then the whole crew rolled over into what was supposed to be the start of a new show for Mindy Kaling, but wound up only being, it wound up being the last year of her empire at Universal. So the last two years of the Mindy Empire. This will be the end of the second year of Becoming Chronicles since I took over as managing editor. And now it's going away or it's changing or something like that. Should I read anything into that? Um, get a job with Mitch McConnell. <laughs> that's, still a whole, that's still a whole cycle with him, though. Two years. That, that's a lot of judges. <laughs> I, I mean, I think it's our only shot. <laughs> you know, um... Speaking uh, as someone who, um, I mean, whatever, we all, we're, we're not fucking around here. Speaking as a socialist, I spend a lot of my time and effort on losing losing causes, things that are like just one shot in the dark at another after just like this crushing weight of, you know, horrible machinery. So frankly, I think the fact that, uh, you know, working on a bunch of things that, eventually disappear uh might really be a, a point in your favor brian <laughs> <laughs> well I, it's not something i should advertise because after after the mindy thing i was told very strictly by a friend like don't ever tell people that <laughs> so they'll never <laughs> hire you for their project because you will just no, be see, the grim reaper <laughs> you just gotta get a job with the dodgers now Oh my God! No, that's it. You're 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 the Grim Reaper. You're the you're the person who goes to things and ends them. You gotta go work for McKinsey. <laughs> you can just go around right sizing things. It'll be great. Oh my God! If nothing else, you can run for president in ten years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old enough now. Um, I my you know what I've learned though. My I don't have a poker face. So I so what I mean is I can't be so bloodless and ruthless when I'm saying, like if I'm intending to hurt people, my face will make a face a little bit. Or if I'm enjoying someone suffering because of my whatever, I it will flinch. If I see a celebrity, apparently my eyes get bigger than that than physically possible because every celebrity I've ever seen, they've reacted to me as a, oh my God, he recognizes me and I'm freaked out. Which in my <laughs> face, it doesn't seem like it. So my point is I could go work for them but, or I could go interview for them, but if they, but when they ask me, um, are you trying to subvert us from the inside? My lips would be uh, clenched. My eyes would be bugging out. And my head would be going, shaking no. 
I, I just give it away. I give it away very much. Um, okay, so we're in the we're in the home stretch. We have no Twitter questions. We we briefly touched on the Giants. Uh, I, yeah, let's wrap I can't this up. Believe twenty four hours ago, I was like, like super angry about Madison Bumgarner leaving. Like Madison I, Bumgarner's gone. I can't. Yeah. I can't tap into that now. <laughs> well, yeah, I was gonna say, are you now just like super angry about Madison Bumgarner and a bunch of other stuff? <laughs> I mean, yeah. uh, it's hard. It's hard to uh, drum up any strong emotions about baseball at all at the moment. So for rude. me, it's not baseball fan for our little circle here, or for at least some of us. If if this were uh, people who cared about us looking in, I can easily imagine a spiritual one of our friends, or maybe even a counselor being like, "Maybe this is baseball's way of breaking up with you." Everything just trying to shake you loose and and free up your time because it seems very strange that these two things are happening at the same time where the Giants are positioning themselves to be confounding in terms of writing about them or approaching them and now we are being told that's okay you don't have to even try don't even <laughs> worry about an angle just go away because <laughs> uh, yeah. I I think we can figure out that the Giants are going to be boring but it's like I mean. What creativity, I mean, there could be, but my, all mine right now is like, I really stopped myself four times yesterday from writing a post being like, here are the reasons why Buster Posey should waive his no trade clause, or what will Farhan Zaidi do to get Buster Posey to waive his no trade clause? And like, <laughs> just come up with all these Scooby-Doo type methods for Zaidi and Harris to like go around you know, haunting Buster Posey's house or something like that to get him to wave it. But also just like they can just be coldly ruthless and just say like we're killing your friends. The ground is getting is shrinking beneath you. Don't you want to leave? Like uh you know that but that's the only angle I can see of taking him right now. Anyway, Kevin Gaussman, well, right? <laughs> well and that's the thing about like this I want to say last season. It was just this year. Um it, it was exhausting. Like the, their whole model of whatever their whatever their long term goal is, the short term plan is exhausting. I mean, just trying to like keep track of who was on a, on the team at any given day was like felt impossible sometimes. And so I'm not gonna not gonna miss not having to or not gonna miss having to keep tabs on who's on the 25 or 40 man roster every day. I really was. I, I really was also thinking like. They're, they have so many coaches now. Is it entirely possible that there would just be games where Gabe Kapler is not even in the dugout during the game? He's just like down coaching some of the other players. And they're just, because it's like, it, it really seems like they're just going into full senioritis. This semester doesn't count mode. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're going to try some young guys. We're going to try some new things. And, and we're going to really change the paradigm of what it means to be a baseball team man and uh you know is that i, I want to see i wasn't curious to see it happen but if it would if it does happen which by the way i'm notre domicing right now okay <laughs> like let's just admit it um you know it would be interesting to write about a little bit but also just to kind of point and make fun at it um also to be wrong about it and now i won't have to worry about it it's all great well, if you want to write about it, you can for free. <laughs> no, I don't think it would be interesting. Like, there's nothing interesting about the Warriors right now. That's exactly what they're doing. <laughs> is Steve Kerr even going to games? Like, is he even showing up? I 
think he might just be drinking at halftime. I know I am. <laughs> you would think that that would... Is he still refusing to run the pick and roll? I haven't watched any Warriors games. I mean, how can you tell with these players, honestly? <laughs> they might be running pick and roll. Who knows? <laughs> or it's like their version of the pick and roll based on what they heard about it. So yeah. It's like, yeah. Uh, so uh, the thing, though, this is... I'm of multiple minds, as you can hear. But, you know, the Giants are, are basically doing, you know, they're abstracting a baseball team for 2020, uh, which is far out, man. But I'm also stuck on the idea that a young Zaidi said years ago, where he said, if you follow sabermetric principles, you can't lose fewer, you can't lose more than uh, 85 games. Like, basically, there's a lower bound for wins. Uh, what am I saying? I'm, I have it all wrong. That's how bad math I am. There's a lower bound of 75 wins. Like, that's it. If you can follow sabermetric principles, you'll never lose fewer than 75 or never lose, never win more than, what am I trying to say? You'll never, never lose never more lose than 87 three. games. That's it. So, I, so I'm kind of caught between, I don't see how that's possible. And I'm also like, okay, so you're smart enough to never worry about losing or winning less than 75 games that's what it is Whew. glad i figured that out thanks for that journey everyone um you know that so, puts a really that puts really interesting perspective on it if like you hire him for a rebuilding team all of a sudden he has to really apply himself to the challenge of losing more games than that like right. maybe, is that what what zaidi is doing he's just like oh my god how am i gonna lose 100 games with this <laughs> i gotta get that's really creative that oh, well, first I'll hire Gabe Kapler. That'll definitely help me <laughs> get me there. That's maybe that's what it is. He's having to solve his own problem. That's good. I like that. Oh I yeah, wish... we we finally figured. Out. Is it possible that Farhan Zaidi is just too good a GM for the Giants? He has, he has to outsmart himself. <laughs> He's hunting the most dangerous games. <laughs> That actually just turned me around on him because I, I I was trying to say we put him so high up on the pedestal. He needs to get like Brian Sabian started in dirt. So why did Zaidi get you know what I mean? Like what what afforded him the pedestal? And and it's like, why can't he come down a little bit if he's just gonna do everything the way that everyone else does it? Um, you know, once he started saying financial flexibility, that's what I tapped at. That's all like, well. Now you just, you, you're boring. Um, so I guess the last chat with Giants. Uh, let's just do a quick decade retrospect. We've already talked about it, but like when, when I say Giants, what do you think of? I'll cut the silence. So take your time. <laughs> no, no, keep the silence. Yes. The Giants are done. The Giants are done. Where I said I'll cut the silence. <laughs> I'll start since I'm maybe I set you guys back. When I think of the Giants from this decade, I'll go with that. I will think about um, underdogs uh, becoming the heavyweights um, through a lot of hard work. That's what I think about. They weren't like the blue collar types. They really were like the entry level guys who worked their way up. When they wear those uniforms, it's really hard to think of them as like, the, the French vanilla, it's not a very, like, uh, blue-collar look to them. They look very clean. So it's like they 
they really did just like apply for the entry level position and work their way up to the to the head of the company. I know that might offend you, Ruben. I apologize, but that's... no, no, that's that's the ideal thing. And then you 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 know you take the company and bust it down for for parts. That's how everything works now, right? Yeah. Um, um, go ahead. But, uh, for me, to me, it was inspirational because it, it it's not so much like they did it the right way or anything like that, but it's sort of like wow, they really did get all the pieces together and they worked even better than expected. So. All right. So when I uh, when I think about the Stecky's Giants, I think about Buster Posey, and not just because he's like the the face of the franchise. He basically is the franchise, right? He bursts into existence, and like he's great. They they win because he's great. He uh, he gets hurt and they don't win. He overcomes adversity, right? And they win again. Um, and then he just really slowly fades over the last like five years, of the decade. Like, he's still good there, and then he's less good, and then he's less good, and now he's bad. And next year, he might as well not exist. And that's what I like think. Like, at all? Giants. Yeah, it's, for, for all the Giants care, yeah. The, do, do you think if they could, if the Giants as a team could opt out of that contract right now, wouldn't they? Oh, in a second, because, like, what they see, but like, when I play out-of-the-park baseball, which is, like, against my principles, but it's a fun game. Um, there comes a point where, like, I'm not even recognizing players' names anymore. I'm just like, oh, yeah, two-and-a-half-star guy who has, like, 60 defense in left field, but only 50 in right field. Oh, so I have to remember that when I double switch. That's all. I, yeah, that's what they see when the team oh, the They just see, like, his ratings. <laughs> yeah. And, like, they have a little thing in the back of their mind that's like, oh, right, fan opinion's going to go down if we get rid of him. Well, whatever. We'll get an yeah, email much- about it. Yeah. <laughs> How much lower could it really get anyway? Might as well do it now. Yeah. I just picture like the Farhan Zaiti opening up his inbox and it's like the angry guy from Sim City going, You can't get away with this. <laughs> um is it is it back to the future style fadeaway or is it like uh, uh Thanos snap dust dust disintegration for Posey? Um, I'm I'm going Thanos. Just just snap, and he's gone. <laughs> so that was part and, of the article then, was like they could they could void the contract with like the character clause. So could they like pull a situation like put him in a compromising situation? Um, like I was trying to think of all the schemes they could come up with. Um, I was just thinking they'd be like, oh, you you use way too many exclamation points in text. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, clearly a serial killer. <laughs> Sammy, you you got anything, or are the Giants just there? You're done. Uh, are you fully no, pencils down? Okay. Huh? Are you fully pencils down? That was I. I actually laughed today because there's supposed to be a post that goes up today from John Ness of SB Nation, and I was like, let's just let that be the BP. And Sammy's like, no, I want to be done today, tomorrow. <laughs> I was like, all right, fine. That's the final BP. That's great. <laughs> um, what was the question again? What, when you think of the Giants from this decade, what do you think of? I probably should have just said Buster Posey too, but I, mean, I really I do think, believe. <laughs> I think I've said it in like three of our decade retrospectives already, but that picture of uh, Tim Lincecum being lifted up on his teammate's shoulders after the first World Series win. I mean, I don't think it gets any better than that. Tim Lincecum. I mean, that... Hmm. 
That's now there's a name I haven't heard <laughs> in at least two days. Now it's like literally like Tim Lincecum in this economy. Could you imagine? <laughs> you could uh, well, see you could see Farhan not re-signing him or like coming in right after that, like at the start of that two-year extension, and him just being like super angry that he had to deal with it and doing the drill tweet where he's listing the budget, and then he just puts Tim Lincecum as a line item. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> franchise is dying. That's right. <laughs> um, no, so I can I can go, um, you know, after a moment of silence for Tim Lincecum. Um, no, I honestly, and this is going to sound corny, but you set me up for this perfectly, Brian, so thank you. Uh, I think about McCovey Chronicles. Because I kind of checked out of baseball for a few years. Um, I was actually... Uh, I was in college in Southern California um, and I was in a circuit city buying something to like make my roommate speakers work. Uh, and the giants were on the TV. It was the, the goddamn um, grand slam game. Uh, oh, billboards. Yeah. No, no, no. 2004. God. Yeah. Uh, and there was just some, I was like, you know, 19 and there was like a grown ass 40 something man in there just like following me around making choking noises because he saw I was a Giants fan. I'm just like, I don't need this in my life. Um, and then that had a lot of other stuff going on, like drugs, but uh, I just kind of checked out baseball for a minute. Um, and that was a good time, like from, the end of the 2004 season on was a good time to not care about the Giants. Uh, but in 2009, I happened to be in a bar when Jonathan Sanchez threw his no-hitter. I like saw it on the screen was like, oh, my God, the Giants do good things ever. <laughs> and, you know, I growing up, I was like base talking about baseball online wasn't really a, a thing I had the all option of doing. So I had to like figure that out now. Like, I bet there's websites for baseball fans. I've just never cared about that before. Uh, and then I found McCovey Chronicles and like, so getting back into the Giants was, you know, I mean, you know, it was as much Grant's voice uh, and then the McCovey Chronicles community as it was, you know, Krug and Kipe and, and all the various players on the team. So it really has tracked, you know, the years of, of caring about the Giants again, caring about them enough to to I think I, I wrote a post about whether or not the Giants would sign John Lackey. Like, <laughs> that's dark, man. That should be <laughs> diagnosable. Hey, it's a non-roster invite with a 1.25 million guarantee if he makes the roster. I could see it happening this year. You never know. God, don't put that evil on me. I mean, whatever. <laughs> uh, I, th I, I think I've underestimated or ignored how much the site has mentioned me because that definitely was... Um, I mean, uh, mine was the 2009 as well that year, but I remember the Spielborgs game being the thing that finally bonded me to the damn place that stupid game god damn it <laughs> he walked the pitcher god uh anyway are you saying you're gonna stop caring about baseball you're not gonna be able to do it you're still angry about ryan spielborgs <laughs> i'm i'm mad about the things worth being mad about that's <laughs> justin miller ruben who by the way yeah, yeah. Am I mad at Mark Melanson for ruining Madison Bumgarner's 2017 opening day still? Yeah, a little bit. Oh, I mean, yeah, he hit two home yeah. runs. And yeah. then they lost. And then, yeah. and then Mark Melanson didn't blow the save. He, he gave the game away. There was no resistance. It was amazing. Anyway, 
I hope I calm down. I hope I get my vision back and my posture improves and my wrists stop hurting and my weight goes down. Those are all the things of the site going away. That will be positive. But um, I will miss this because, um, listen, I mean, Doug has no reason to talk to me. I dragooned him into this podcast. And now we're the closest of friends. We're not friends at all. Um, but, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, I mean, I, I also very much respect all of you. That's the other thing. Like, I live in L.A. And it's not to just, it's not like there's only crappy people in L.A. It's just hard to make connections with people because everyone's in their pose and putting it forward. So it's weird that online, especially through baseball, I've met some very genuine people um, in a time when it's been kind of a desert in that regard for various reasons, not because the people are bad here. It's just tough to cut through barriers. And when you're online just saying what's ever on your mind, it kind of works out a little bit better. Um, Ruben, I mean, you're... Uh, the way you think about things and then just word it, nail it. It's like, it's, it's not a jealousy thing. It's like, I really just admire and respect you, Doug. I am. I can't believe <laughs> I, I feel very lucky that you stayed on to write, but really like you're hilarious and um, you you're like very smart and you're like, you're humble about it. And it comes through in your writing It's like, I know what I'm talking about. Just let me be goofy. And, uh, and I love it. And it was, the biggest safety net I had when I took this job over um, was just knowing like, okay, I'm going to screw up, but I know Doug's going to write something great. And then Roger, who lost his job, Minor Lines is like, that's the heartbeat of the site for the daily content. It's why so many people come to the site and it, that's going to be gone. Uh, and then Sammy, I'm saving you for last because I, uh, I mean what I said, I, I couldn't have done this without you and and you're so genuine and heartfelt and and uh, and and it's not fake and it's and it's you you don't suffer fools at the same time uh, and you just really are uh, you think about other people but not to the you don't let it get in the way of yourself either and I just really like how strong you are and forthright and you're not mean and you're not <laughs> you're when well, you're not mean when people make you mad is kind of what I was also getting at. And uh, and you've been given a lot of crap over the last couple of years. And, you know, and you handled it better than I ever would have thought anyone would handle crap. And you've handled it better than you've ever had to. And That's the strangest compliment I've ever gotten. <laughs> well, I mean, I think about it and I go, man, she's being very, very uh, sternly kind to this person who just deserves to get to eat total shit. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> It's because she's professional and uh, and she's just not going to stoop to people's levels. And it's really great to see. But mainly... Uh, I mean, you, you know, didn't see the first 20 drafts of my response, but I'll take Well, it. that's what I'm saying. You did 20 drafts of something because, you know, it's important. You know when something's important. And, uh, and, you know, you treated everything with... That's the main thing. Like, you treat everyone with respect and with the requisite level of attention and care that it required. And it, it wasn't fake. It just like, that's your default, how you operate. And I, I'm just blown away. And last year, the first year of the site, like I would have physically died if you had not uh, walked through it. Um, and, and this year, like all, all that you've done has just brought you more success. And it's, uh, I'm so happy for you. So uh, I got you all on here to say the things I thought about you. So I never have to talk to you positively again. That was <laughs> My motivation now i can just make jokes um but thank you for coming on and thanks for doing all these podcasts 
over the years. And um, maybe we'll all see each other on Twitter until the white supremacists finally, uh, you know, overwhelm us. But um, <laughs> yeah, that, that was the McCovey Croncast. <laughs> so thanks for listening, everybody. There's actually going to be more episodes, but for, uh, for the main crew, that's going to be it for us. Um, we're going to do a, pro- a prospects podcast, one final wrap up there. And I've got a couple of interviews that I did that I wanted to have everyone listen to. Any final thoughts or does everyone want to go eat some delicious jerky that Doug mentioned? <laughs> uh, I'll just say that uh, genuinely was an honor to hop onto here with uh, all three of you for this. Uh, I, yeah, like, I don't know, no, no jokes. The site has meant a lot to me. Um, and, you know, after uh, hearing, I, I hope that someone uh, at SB Nation listens to this, um, mostly for the very good jokes, but also so they could hear Brian's testimonials and understand just what you impossibly stupid, short-sighted motherfuckers are letting go. Deuces. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, buy buy Ruben's book. It's called A Song of Ice and Fire. Um, <laughs> also, don't forget self promotion, guys. Come on. So <laughs> I have nothing to self promote. You can find me on Twitter at, at Lies and Perfidy, where it's just I'm just like this all the time. <laughs> Expanding the character account was so dangerous for you. It's, uh, <laughs> it's... <laughs> Um, I guess I'll go next. Uh, I'm sorry the state of the world is what it is. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry that it, it's come for the Giants and then it came for us, like, literally the next day. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be able to write from Covey Chronicles. I hope uh, everyone else liked, liked my writing half as much as Brian did. Um, and, uh, maybe I'll see you out there. Okay. Sammy, I won't make you say <laughs> I don't know if I'm laughing or crying anymore. Well, I have um, baseball 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just wanted to say, you know, he, not that he's listening, but thank you to Grant for hiring me and then jumping ship. But thank you for bringing me on. And thank you to the community, even when they gave me shit. And this really did mean a lot to me. And it, you know, it hurts a lot right now. I was angry all day. And now the anger has uh, moved on into this phase. So um, I'm, I'm gutted. So thanks. Thanks, SB Nation. Thanks. Oh yeah, thanks Grant. Thanks Grant for speaking. <laughs> uh, that's important. And thank you for all for listening for, oh my gosh, Doug, it's been four years. That's nuts. Yeah, yeah. that's absolutely nuts. And almost to the day, well, just about. Uh, so our final day, I mean, my final day will probably be almost two years to the day. But anyway, in the meantime, catch us on the site, comment below um, with only the most positive things you can think of to say about anything but uh anyway thanks for listening and um yeah go go sports